Friday, June 17th. Welcome to Crowdcast, the five minute, sometimes 20 minute podcast where we discuss the merits of data collected by smartphone wielding consumers on behalf of retailers and brand manufacturers. I'm your host and Moby Setter Marketing, Chris Angel. We are Moby, a Boston based mobile tech company offering consumers a chance to make a few extra bucks. We are a wildly popular app made for collecting custom data on behalf of the world's largest retailers and brands. This is episode five. All right. I think it's episode five. Yeah. Today we're going to discuss the uh, what it's like to find and cultivate new customers for Moby. And we're, we're joined uh, by one of our um, one of our enterprise sales executives, Chad Rucker. Welcome to the show, Chad. Glad you're here today. Hi, Chris. Happy to be here. Yeah, we're glad to have you. We're here. We're live in Boston. We've got a small gallery with us, and um, we actually talked to Gabby, who was here last week. And on one side of the business, we were talking about how we deliver the data and the, and the content for our customers. And today, we're going to talk about. How do those customers find us, or how do we find them, and, and what's that process like? And um, I think you bring a unique perspective because you've been part of the brand world for a long time, and now you're with Moby. Can you tell us a little bit about about that whole process? How you came to Moby? And yeah, I mean, you're right. I, I've been in this industry on the brand side and on the agency side for most of my career. That's right, agency. Yeah, yeah. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I've had experience and, and I've just kind of discovered that this is the world, the, the, the retailer, the consumer product world is the world that I want to live in. And so for the last few years, I've sold anything from sampling and demonstrations to uh, ads on receipts to now what I'm doing is, is more of a forward thinking, um, technologically based product in the, right. uh, the, the crowdsourced data collection. And it's, it's a great opportunity to really help brands understand what's happening at the point of sale. So happy to be here. Yeah, well, I, I know you and I have a lot of these conversations where I, I tend to be more on the retail side of things. So hearing your perspective on you know what happens in those stores and your conversations with customers, there's a lot of, a lot of the similarities. but. Also, when you're talking about the retail side and the brand side, how those two worlds come together, we've had a lot of interesting conversations, so hopefully we can keep the, that going here today. Um, so you, when you're out talking to those customers, um, tell us a little bit about you know the things that are the same or different in the different verticals. So you're calling on brand manufacturers or manufacturers, as some people just refer to them, and I'll just call them brands oftentimes. But, there's so many hundreds of verticals inside that world. And you know, do you have the same conversations with, with someone in the frozen category as you do in the electronics category, for example? I, I kind of. I mean, certainly there are you know, unique elements and, and uh, certain specifics for everybody's piece of business, but uh, ultimately, you know, they're all consumer products and they're all on the shelf and they all have a vested need to know how their product is being represented. Uh, you know, anybody who's from a consumer products company knows that retailers are notoriously guarded in the information that they share. Yeah. And so the brands that, you know, spend a lot of time, money, and effort representing their product or putting their product, getting their product onto the shelf, mm -hmm. um, providing some sort of in-store merchandising, displays, fixtures, etc., they're never too sure on how well the retailers are living up to expectations in terms of merchandising it. And so they all feel that same pain. They, they, they can't fix what they don't know is happening. And... It's, it, aside from putting their head in the sand and just hoping that everything's going right, 
Yeah. We're able to give them the visibility that lets them know whether things are happening to their expectations, and if not, being able to direct some activity to fix it. Yeah, it's fascinating. When I first started in retail, I, I assumed that these big retailers had all of these systems. Seems on the brand on the brand side, I, I thought the data was just endless and the information they, they knew everything up to the minute. And I come to learn it's just a it's a ride. It's a wild ride. Sometimes you have two thousand stores, the products in every store, and it's just it's selling, but you don't know why all the time. Yeah, I mean, think about you know when you go to buy your favorite brand of cereal and there's none left. Yeah. Why is that happening? Yeah. You go to test out the newest video game console and that's it's missing the, the controller or the screen isn't working. Uh, why is that happening and, and who's fixing it? Again, these brands don't know how their product is, is being represented there until there's somebody who tells them and the retailers aren't necessarily sharing that information. So, so we help them fix that. Yeah. Well, and I remember uh, at one large retailer I worked at, we didn't know if, you know, the, the, the vendor would call us and we wouldn't, we didn't know, it's your exact point, like, and we didn't have that data immediately available because in the store, the says and do's as we call them or the, you know, what's more important that day is not the fixture or the display or the out of stock. So I, that's one of the reasons why I'm here and it sounds like you're, you have a similar sort of idea there. So um, when, you're, when you're out talking to these customers and these prospects, you know, are there any sort of um, size requirements or where, what do you run into in terms of the size of the companies that you talk to? Yeah, it, it, uh, it feels like a lot of the folks that we're talking about are really in that uh, you know, mid to upper tier client range. When you think about somebody who's, who's all the way at the top, right? We're talking your Procter & Gamble's and your Unilever's, they've got a pretty solid handle on things and the, uh, the, the retailers are really paying attention to their products. Uh, but it's the folks right in the middle. They're not necessarily the number one brand, but they're the brand that is trying to achieve that. And the, the way they're going to get there is by making sure that their product is, is purchasable and like, like I said, has good representation at the shelf. So it's those folks who are growing, investing into their product, investing into their retail merchandising. And again, we help give them that, uh, that insight as to how those retailers are making sure that uh, their product is merchandised properly. Yeah, and so in the, you, you think the bigger guys don't always have those problems or, or they've got other resources? What do, they, what do they use? Yeah, I mean, they have them too, right? You know, when you think about, and again, you know, I'm not trying to pick on anybody in particular, but when you look at somebody like Tide, you know, at Procter & Gamble, they dominate the laundry category already. Yeah. So they're doing a good job and they've got their networks and their merchandisers that they're going out there and auditing for those things. Uh, but Sun Products coming in right behind them, right? They want to be that in that number one spot and, and, and it's, you know, how are they going to get there? And really it is by making sure that when, when customers are seeking out their product that it looks good and it's attractive and appealing to them. So, uh, yeah, they're not necessarily, you know, some of the, the smaller brands aren't quite to the level they need to be. And we are a solution to help them along the way. And even, you know, those big guys that do have those merchandising teams already, we can supplement some of their activities and direct their, um, their, um, their focus onto the locations that do need those, uh, those finer points polished up. Yeah. And so when, when you're having those conversations about companies that are deciding on a service like ours, do they bring up that merchandising that you know, conversation with you? Yeah, quite a bit. And, you know, Moby isn't necessarily a replacement for those things. As I mentioned, we're a supplement. 
you know, when you think about uh, a merchandiser who's going into a store who's looking to, uh, well, let's, pick, let's talk about, uh, you know, Beats by Dre, the headphones, right? So they might have merchandisers who go into the Best Buy, uh, and they're responsible to audit all of these 50 Best Buys, but they can't get into any one of those stores except for maybe once every six weeks. Uh, that doesn't make sense because there's a six-week gap between the day that this one is broken and the guy goes back again. And there might only be issues in 30% of the stores. So that very expensive merchandiser who can go there and conduct those fixes is auditing 100% of the stores when they only really need to be in 30%. Yeah. Alternately, you know, the, the crowdsource solution that Moby brings can send out our data collecting bees to all the locations quickly and efficiently and make sure that the activity of those merchandisers is only spent at the locations that need attention. So it saves the brands money, it really does. And, and that's the, the anecdotes that we hear from the clients that we're working with, that we're saving them more than 50% sometimes on, the, uh, on their um, merchandising investments, and they can allocate those dollars to other projects. So they're, uh, they're very happy to work with Moby. Yeah, it comes to no brainer. Every time we do another one of these podcasts, I, I get another angle on how obvious this is becoming, and which is why we we have you know more traditional competitors. But when we're up against those merchandisers, it's it becomes obvious very quickly. What are some of the other like real big questions you you get from the field as you're out at these meetings? I mean, we I know we have one customer in particular, large global consumer brand um, or electronics brand. They they brought a, a set of questions to you that were I think new to us. That, we help them with. Can you talk a little bit about that without mentioning the brand? Yeah. So, you know, when we think about uh, some of the things, you know, ultimately our, our solution is very customizable. So it's really about solving the client's needs and understanding what they're trying to solve for. So we spend a lot of time uh, engaging with that customer and talking about, um, you know, what is it, what type of information do you need in order to answer the burning questions that remain unanswered for you? So with this particular client, they've got a lot of investment in those merchandising displays. They need to make sure are functioning properly in order for them to be able to have that positive customer experience. Because otherwise, if a customer goes and, and, and engages with that broken fixture, you know, there's it's it's a it's a bad customer experience and an opportunity for a lost sale. So we're out there going on behalf of this client to make sure that these things are, uh, or I should say we're answering the questions that they need right. to know whether or not these are functioning so that those items, you know, those um, um, fixtures can be in tip-top shape. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's really about being very flexible and customizable and accommodating to the clients to make sure that they're getting the intelligence that they need. Yeah, and then one of the other things that we talked about as Moby is like, do you, do you get the sense that some of the different groups within the company are supporting or are uniquely differentiating us in, in the market? So I think one of the podcasts we talked about, you know, our, our auditing capabilities, you know, what types of conversations do you have around that? Yeah, you know, it's, it's funny that uh, I oftentimes have conversations within the same company, different groups that aren't even talking to each other. So, you know, we often have conversations with Consumer Insights because they want to know a lot about the, the company itself, or I should say, you know, um, the, the consumers themselves and, and their experience in the store. What's attracting their attention? Uh, what's influencing them to stop and look and buy their products? We're also talking to the brand teams who have a vested interest in making sure, again, as I mentioned before, that their product is represented properly at sale. Even um, the innovation teams, as they are test marketing new products and wanting to, to, to know, hey, you know, our customers, as they're experiencing this, first of all, in these smaller test markets, 
are these retailers merchandising as we want, but also what are, what's the customer's feedback to that product? Do they see it? Do they like it? Is it interesting? And is, is something like that influencing them to buy their product more than what the product right next to them on the shelf is doing? So yeah, uh, yeah I mean, there's a variety of different people with a variety of different needs. And ultimately, you know, the, the, the customability of our product has a, a, a great utility to a lot of them and uh, solves a lot of those needs. Chad Rucker, Enterprise Sales Executive. We'll leave it there. Uh, don't forget to check Moby or getmoby.com. Getmoby.com for the latest news, podcasts, webinars, videos, uh, and contact at GetMoby if you have any questions about this episode. Chad, thank you. My pleasure, Chris. Thank you. <laughs> Till next week. <laughs>